There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas, there at the D. I say hi to you. I'm Patrick Maher. It was almost. It felt like the first Thursday of March Madness week 10 as yesterday you had buzzer beaters abound boys week 10. There were a total of five games that were decided with a field goal on the final play, which is the most for a single day in NFL history. Of course, he had the Browns, he had the Seahawks, he had the Texans, he had the Lions, he had the Cardinals, all of them won on a kick as time expired. So a crazy week 10, it continues tonight in Buffalo. Take a look at the number tonight, Denver at Buffalo, Denver on a heater. Watch out one, two straight DraftKings right now showing Buffalo lane seven and a half. And you got a total of 47. So as we open up the show, we've got like love loathe coming up in just a little bit. Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper is fired up. He's going to join us for the final hour of the program. But with that, let me say hi to the boys. Amal Shaw, how we doing? Happy Monday, big guy. Uh, it's fantastic. Great weekend. You mentioned in the NFL. And by the way, I know we'll get into it a little bit later on. Forget CJ Stroud for rookie of the year, Patrick. It is time to put him in that most valuable player conversation. What a performance the last two weeks. 826 yards passing. He has shortened up to 30 to 1 in the MVP market right now. CJ Stroud will get to him. Maybe we should start there as we welcome in the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. Yeah, I can't remember as we sat in last Monday, but we did say with a comeback win, final two minutes, a game winning drive for Stroud last week, we wondered what the number was. It was long, it's still long at 30 to 1, but starting to shorten up for the rookie. Well, it makes a lot of sense because there's really no one running away with this award right now. The only question I guess I would have in that is would the voters give him two awards? Because he's obviously winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. You kind of have to handicap what you think the voters will do and how good does this season have to be to win both of those? You know, two interceptions on the season, Patrick, to me, is that's a staggering number when you look at Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, guys all in contention for that MVP. What he's been able to do has been spectacular so far. And I don't know what you guys saw the Texans doing this year, but I thought they were going to wind up with a top five pick. I actually thought they were going to have a shot to have the number one overall pick. Oh, absolutely. I did not. Well, nobody had them five and four (laughs) through nine. They've got the cards coming up. Then week 12, they've got the Jags. And you mentioned the two picks on the year, Amal. CJ, he had that weird pick late in the game yesterday where they were trying to ice it there. And also, I I don't know if you guys were watching live, but T. Higgins, Burrow just put it right on Higgins to potentially score a touchdown where the Texans would have to come. Excuse me. Was it Boyd? Yeah. Where the Texans would have to come down and score a touchdown. That wasn't 
wasn't the case as they only needed to come down again and kick the field goal for the winner. But there, you can't take anything away from what's happening right now. Uh, we were talking culture on the phone a little bit earlier. Uh, Dustin, D'Amico Ryan's done a hell of a job. The Texans, and I know this will be a part of Amal's like, love, loathe, so let's not take too much away from it. But 544 yards on offense. They had 28 first downs against a defense that was starting to peak in the Bengals. I know they're dealing with injuries, but also Amal, the Texans, 188 yards on the ground. It's just right now. And again, you can go eyeball test. Like if you watch Zach Wilson last night, number two overall pick, we've never felt comfortable at any point, any quarter, any start, any half with Zach Wilson. You just tune in randomly. You're an alien watching CJ Stroud. You're like, that dude belongs. When you sit there and watch him play, Patrick, there's no way you'd think he's a rookie. You mentioned Zach Wilson. That Hail Mary pass last night at the end of the Raiders game might have been the best throw of his career. I mean, at least it gave him a chance. He was running to the left. Max Crosby, of course, was in hot pursuit. Somehow he found a way to launch it 50 yards. But that interception to Spillane uh, in the previous drive summarized Zach Wilson's career. And I, I agree with you. The one thing that I took away from the Bengals game that concerned me, I don't know how you guys saw it. Guys, we look like we had a 40 to 1 team to win the Super Bowl yesterday. Joe Burrow looked disengaged. He looked like, I don't know if he was hobbled by injury or what the situation was. Nobody on that team looked like they wanted to be at that stadium yesterday. And they're going to be, I'm glad you brought it up because all of a sudden, our 40 to 1, it, they're in a tricky spot with the Thursday yes. matchup coming up. They being who day, the Bengals, but Stroud for the second straight week, just to kind of keep on this theme, let a game winning drive Dustin in the final two minutes, making him the only rookie quarterback over the past 40 years to do that in back to back games. Now, we just keep on lauding him with exemplary performances, obviously, and, and again, Again, the records that he continues to set, but Stroud has 26-26 as far as passing yards on the season. That's the third highest total ever for a rookie through his first nine games. He's been exemplary. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question always is when something like this happens and someone comes from nowhere, I guess it's not nowhere. He was the number two overall pick. But when a rookie plays this well to start, when do these defenses start to figure out their tendencies? And I don't think it's looked the same every week for C.J. Stroud. So I think it's going to be harder for them to figure out what it is that he's doing Every single week, they're able to come in and pick apart these teams. And I think a lot of the credit goes to D'Amico Ryans. I think you mentioned culture. There is a culture that has already been established there. There's no BS. There's no There's no uh, making excuses for anything. They just do what they need to do. But I would say from our, our Bengals ticket perspective yesterday, guys, is I think this was another scenario. And I understand that a lot of us have realized the Texans are more than who they've been recently. But I think this is another scenario, the Bengals with that short week coming up, thinking they could get by Houston with a limited game plan. And I think we saw something with Jacksonville. When Jacksonville lost to Houston, they were about to travel to London for the next two weeks. And I'm not saying these teams are really looking ahead and overlooking an opponent. I just think they can get they think that they can get by in that game with doing less. And unfortunately for them, the Texans are a different team this year. Uh, they're absolutely a different team, Patrick. But as much as credit C.J. Stroud deserves, how about Noah Brown? This is a, what, seventh round or an undrafted player who's barely on the fringe staying around in Dallas. He's had two monster games in back-to-back weeks. No Nico Collins this week. Tank Dell absolutely gets slaughtered. on Stroud left him out to dry on a, uh, on a post route. He gets absolutely crushed. And then you wind up with a situation, game-winning field goal off the practice squad. Amendola hits the game-winning field goal. I mean, there's a lot of different people, and you mentioned it at best, in terms of D'Amico Ryans. He played at Alabama. He comes from the 49ers, winning cultures everywhere he's been. He deserves a ton of credit for this turnaround. I'm not taking anything away from Stroud's accomplishment. I'll get into it a little bit later on with Stroud, but I think it's been a collective effort. And one thing with this team, it's like the old line of a high tide rises all boats. And that's exactly what's happened with the Houston Texans. You mentioned Noah Brown, seven receptions, 172, 24.6 average. The cast off. How about another cast off, boys? We keep on talking about the Bills needing a running game. Wasn't Singletary a cast off? Yep. 30 rushes, 150. And if you take a look, that's a five average for the Texans running back. You take a look. This is, again, you don't like to see it if you're D'Amico Ryans with the three turnovers. They lost the turnover battle on the road, the Texans, them all. They also lost the penalty battle and still won the football game. 
game. Generally, like if you're just a novice and you jump into a box, you go to turnovers, you go to penalties, and generally the loser of those, specifically turnovers, is going to lose the football game. What I noticed about the Texans, so they go to the half up three, and you expect a run from the Bengals in the second half. Every time the Bengals did something, and this is what's happened consistently throughout the year for the Texans and Stroud, they just answer. Answer, answer, answer. Even in Jacksonville earlier in the year, if you think about it, even though they kind of controlled that game, every time Jags, and we've had them in Survivor, every time they did something, the Texans had an answer, and that's the mark of a good team. You're absolutely right. And, you know, Patrick, I wanted to ask you, do you put it on Bobby Slowick, the decision-making with the play calling late in the game, or is it not a negative that they have so much confidence in Stroud based on the way he's played and it's justified that he wouldn't turn the ball over late in that situation? I mean, what have we seen out of him that should make you think that until that pick? Because I was like, just run the ball here. You got a 10-point lead. The Bengals were down to one timeout, three minutes and change to play. Mathematically, it was almost a scenario where you could almost run out the clock as long as they didn't recover an onside's kick. I was a little bit surprised by the decision-making, but I'm not critical of it because they this guy has not let them down at any point this season yeah the pass percentage week to week over the past four weeks for the texans has escalated so i think it's more just part of the game plan to your point though we saw a team that was in the super bowl last year and the eagles remember at the jets also throw in a weird spot like yeah. that so sometimes i think you remember that we went crazy with the hurts interception it's kind of a similar play similar time of the game so i didn't love the play call in real time so i'm not second guessing but I think it it's more of the latter. I think it's more they're just putting a lot of trust in the kid, and there's no reason not to. The confidence just exudes from Stroud. I also think it's a culture-building play, right? You're trying to say that we're going for wins, that we're, we're, play, we're not going to play not to lose, and sometimes the mindset with running is you're playing not to lose. You make the throws, and you win the game by throwing to th for those first downs. I think it sends a message to that locker room. By the way, did you guys have any doubt? And I liked your answer, Patrick, and the analogy with the Jets and the Eagles is a great one. We, we talked about that after that game. But when the, when the Bengals missed the Boyd touchdown, I didn't have any doubt that the Texans were getting into field goal range. I mean, it felt like a foregone no, conclusion. No. 100%. I think that's the best point. Like it never, it's almost like if you were watching and yes, I know Geno Smith, but he had a better second half when Ron doesn't go for two there. Rivera doesn't go for two there. Now it's not necessarily the difference because Seattle can still win it with a field goal, but there are certain times where you just have a feel the Texans and also the Seahawks. You felt like giving them a minute or a little bit over, they were going to come down and win the football game. Totally agree with that. Yeah. You mentioned the Seahawks. I'll tell you what I, with Jason Myers, and with Geno Smith, the way he played in the second half, I was like, well, 55 seconds, you guys are toast. I mean, it just didn't feel like there was a situation where the, uh, the commander's going to be able to keep them off. And they moved the ball very well down the field. But I I'll tell you what, I thought we started to see yesterday some of the rubber meeting the road. We started to see the uh, contenders from the pretenders. I thought Detroit, I know we'll get into it, had a great road win. I mean, you, you, uh, yes, you gave up 38, but Herbert's a dude. And you go out there on the road in Los Angeles and you score 41. What a great performance that was as well. 100%. How about them Lions as they win a shootout here in Los Angeles? Okay, just getting started, and I think it's proper to start with C.J. Stroud. When we come back, we'll get into that MVP market. Also, Coach of the Year, like Love Loathe, coming as well. Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. 
So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the splits, vsin.com, money and bets for every game, updated every five minutes, today's games and future events as well. It's the most popular tool over at VEASAN when you become a VEASAN pro. So check it out, VEASAN.com for the betting splits. And you can check out the splits on tonight's Monday night matchup, of course, in Buffalo. You've got Denver at Buffalo right now. Buffalo's laying seven and a half. You can find a seven if you're shopping. And I know that's something that Steve Fezzik and the final hour professional handicapper wants to talk about having multiple outs. You can find a seven, but mostly seven and a half. DraftKings is showing 47 and a half on the total up in Buffalo tonight. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, as we welcome you back. And boys, we were talking, it was kind of a crazy, if you just looked on paper, the matchups weren't overwhelmingly, uh, I guess, aesthetically pleasing, but the way it played out with the five games ending with a game-winning field goal, which is the first time in history, uh, a lot as far as, as Amal mentioned, as far as jockeying for position when it comes to the postseason, we've got D'Amico Ryans, I heard Dustin, we've got sound from the Texans head coach who all of a sudden are five and four directly in playoff competition. We talked about the MVP. VP, where CJ Stroud should be front and center as far as the conversation. The odds don't always equal it. However, the odds were 30 to 1 this morning over at DraftKings. They have shortened up to 25 to 1. So all of a sudden, a little bit of a run. The Bengals, by the way, boys, are who day ticket. Their fate seems to be coming to a head over the next three weeks. So the Bengals get the Ravens in Baltimore. That's Thursday night coming up in a couple of days. Of course, the Ravens are going to be pissed, although I thought the Browns and Amal, you said it with their defensive front, also their offensive front. That's a very dangerous team just because they control both sides of the line. We'll get to them in just a little bit. But Cincinnati, they get the Bengals. Uh, they get the rape. Excuse me. They get the Ravens in Baltimore, the Steelers at home and the Jags and Jag in Jacksonville. So that's the three game stretch for all of a sudden a team that we were flying and all of a sudden the Bengals in a little bit of trouble. But let's go back to the Texans and we'll close them out. Dustin, we've got their first year head coach who uh, you can give me his number as far as coach of the year odds. He should be within that top three. We're going to hear from the coach as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's down to three to one. D'Amico Ryans for coach of the year only behind Dan Cam who's plus 150 and this is what the first year head to head coach had to say about the win yesterday over Cincy I'm excited I mean to, the way our team battled I'm so proud of our team excited for them to be in a tight football game versus a playoff football team and come up with a win like that's what that's where we're headed as a team right and we're showing that we're a good team we're showing that we can win tight games at the end of the game so you know I'm really proud of the way our guys battled uh, look, I don't know if the Bengals, we can't really give them an excuse mall for, you know, peeking ahead to Thursday because the 544 they gave up against the Texans, that's the most they've given up since 2019. That's the fourth most. <laughs> like, sorry, go ahead. That's ridiculous. No, please. Uh, fourth most in franchise history for Houston. I mean, th this is just, it's disconcerting if you are looking at it from a Cincinnati perspective. Uh, Lou Amarillo and company defensively, they're going to have to be better. And you mentioned, I think, a key point. Thursday night, you're going to have an angry Ravens team. You blow a home game uh, with an opportunity. Guys, had they won that game on Sunday, 
coupled with a win against uh, Cincinnati on Thursday night, I'm sorry, with all due respect to Pittsburgh, I know they pulled out another win. But at the end of the day, that division would have been signed, sealed, and delivered going to Baltimore. I mean, you beat the Browns. You would have beaten the Bengals. Mm -hmm. You would have had a 4-0 record against those guys. You have that one loss, I think, against Pittsburgh. Um, But other than that, this team is still in a great position to be able to win this division. But I'm concerned about Cincinnati. Without T. Higgins, this offense is different. Taj Boyd not only had that one drop you mentioned earlier in the end zone, Patrick, but he had another crucial one in this game. Jamar Chase wasn't as effective as we normally see him be. The running game appeared to be non-existent. But my biggest concern on Sunday was Joe Burrow. Number one, he was under duress quite a bit. And then also, there were throws that were errant. It looked like the Joe Burrow, when we saw initially coming off that calf injury, what we saw in San Francisco and against Buffalo did not seem like the same player yesterday. I'd also say the uh, second biggest concern I have is they did not have Sam Hubbard yesterday. And then they lost Trey Hendrickson, hyperextended knee, going to have an MRI. We don't know what sort of absence is going to take place with him. But without those two pressuring the quarterback, the rest of that defense looks very average. Yeah, their two best defenders, their pass rush with the two of them, as you mentioned, and peeking ahead to the 16th coming up on Thursday, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Right now, we're showing Baltimore at DraftKings Lane three and a half, 46 on the total boys so that's going to be fascinating you've actually got some good primetime games coming up uh just kind of tailing off of what we saw last night in las vegas right next to you guys a tremendous offensive experience for everybody watching the standalone games really have they really have a way of highlighting if you have some trifling teams shout to germany because they had to endure and i know them all you're going to discuss they had to endure the patriots of course and the Colts, but when you just have a standalone, because we're so used to now the over inundation, like with the like frenetic energy of a league pass, it, when you just have the standalone and you have bad offenses, it's glaring. Uh, you're absolutely right about that. That total on Sunday was 43 and a half in Frankfurt. And I got to tell you, Patrick, watching that game in the first half, it felt like it would take 12 quarters to be able to get to 43 points. I mean, these teams have been anemic offensively. We saw the same thing last night. The Raiders have a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. They're not as strong of a team as many people thought coming into the season, but give them credit for sitting at 5-5 five and five right now. Antonio Pierce has this team playing with some energy and some enthusiasm, and you look up in the standings right now. Cincinnati technically is in the outside looking in, and it's getting very uh, very crowded there. You've got the Chargers at 4-5, and five, a crucial loss for them in a non-conference opponent against the Detroit Lions. Raiders knock off a potential team that you could go head-to-head against in terms of the standings with the Jets. So this is a crowded wild-card playoff uh, scenario in the AFC. Guys, I hate to throw this out in the second segment, but somebody asked me this yesterday, so I'm going to pose it to you. In the AFC right now, based on the games that have been played through 10 weeks, who is your pick to come out of this conference right now? I I, I didn't have a concrete answer. Hmm. <laughs> changes look we were just talking about if you go to the nfc yeah. we were just we were just talking about san francisco on a three-game losing streak then dustin said to me today we should talk about how great their culture is so it's like we just we yo-yo week <laughs> yeah. to week so and what are there 12 teams in the afc right now in contention yeah it, it's impossible to give an answer you got one, big guy? No, I was going to say I don't have one in the other league either. Oh, like, I do. Oh, no, no. I, I think this thing is completely wide open, which I think opens us up to some potential future betting opportunities. Now, I am trying to to hold back with the futures. I let the baseball season get really out of hand. I have been somewhat disciplined in not having too many. But right now, with the way things look, I think both are wide open at the moment. I think San Francisco, the beatdown that they laid on the Jaguars yesterday said two things. Jacksonville, you guys better rethink how good you are and figure out where your mistakes and shortcomings are. And San Francisco, when healthy, and that's the key point, when healthy, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel back in that lineup. This team is dangerous. Uh, By the way, Patrick, at least one time Chase Young was at the quarterback without actually coming onto the pile and actually had half a sack. Yeah, I saw him. He was he was Bruce Smith, a.k.a. Well, with the Redskins back in the day when Bruce Smith was hopping on piles and collecting sacks. Yeah, your boy, Mr. Buckeye there with the 49ers, although he should be able to help that team, because if you notice yesterday, the commanders without young and without sweat, they get no pass rush, which isn't a surprise with the two edges missing. Now, you mentioned the Lions, uh, a win. If you're watching the game, you're like, wait, the Lions didn't blow out the Chargers 
and again, I'm not sandbagging, but I will say this. I thought I thought the game was being played in L.A., but they actually played it in Canton, Ohio. So Jameer Gibbs could just go straight from the game and get inducted. Like, why was the conversation consistently around the 12th overall pick when the best run of the day, not just in the game, but in all of football was Montgomery with the 77 yarder? Like they kept on going on and on, and Gibbs was spectacular. 14 carries, 77 yards, had a bunch of receptions. But I'm all, we've talked about it incessantly. Montgomery is a stud and faster than you think, and he had the huge run of the day. No question about it. Two guys combined for 26 carries, 193 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, you get those types of statistics, in all honesty, it should not be a three-point victory. The reality of it is this was a dominant offensive performance. Jared Groff was tremendous, 23 for 33 for 333 and two touchdowns. Um, this Detroit team is for real. Make no mistake about it. They get the benefit of playing so many games indoor. They've already played the road game at Green Bay, so that's not going to be a factor. The Bears are a weaker team who they host this weekend coming up. Um, I, I like the way this team is trending. Guys, again, I, Dallas does what they do. They beat up on – this is like, you know, the SEC schedule in late November what the Cowboys are playing right now. But for me, it's a three-horse race in the NFC. Detroit is in that consideration. You mentioned Jameer Gibbs. Outstanding. Three catches for 35. But it's the balance that this team has right now and then Amon Ross St. Brown guys this guy's a top 10 receiver maybe someday they'll start to include him in that conversation because he's an absolute dude the Chargers are handicapped because of their head coach and everybody that's not named Allen or Herbert because that was a two-man show yeah. against the Lions who all of a sudden one game behind Philly for the number one seed in the NFC, a favorable schedule moving forward and an offense that is ridiculous. But we should discuss the defense when we come back. So we'll continue just kind of running the board. Week 10 NFL Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 120 bucks, everything until May 1st. That's about as good as it gets to become a VSIN pro. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe and you might wonder, what do you get? Well, not just the picks, but everything we offer, including the tools. So when we talk about the splits, you get those. When we talk about the betting guides, you get those. When we talk about the picks, everything. $120 through May 1st. Great deal. vsin.com slash subscribe. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. At the top of the hour, we've got Like, Love, Loathe from Week 10 coming up. We just heard more notes from Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, as he'll stop by on a Monday in hour three. I, I think the big takeaway for me, Amal and Dustin, when talking about the Lions, and again, if you're watching the game, it felt like they should have blown out the Chargers, but the Lions defense, it's just like secondary wise, pass rush wise, it's not set up to do that at this point. A 41 to 38 winner with the walk off on the field goal, but the Lions 41 points, 533. They want to shoot out against Herbert, who is spectacular. Goff played very well. But again, they have that offensive line. If you're talking about the NFC, back to your question about who's coming out of each conference, what I think the Lions do, they can neutralize you a good defensive front, which is so important because their offensive line is awesome. And the balance on offense and the play calling is just, it keeps you off balance. I think you guys may have seen it. But there was a defender, and this does not help Staley, who may be on his way out there with the Chargers. But Staley's a defensive mind, and somebody on the Chargers defense said, everything we prepared for offensively, the Lions did the opposite. <laughs> So that's just, that is, again, <laughs> the Lions offensively with their offensive play caller, who everybody's going to want in Ben Johnson playing chess while Staley's jumping over the black and red pieces playing checkers. Uh, Gibbs, tremendous. Montgomery comes back from injury. You mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown, who is just awesome. And Goff in that offense is very efficient. Um, again, it's a 7-2 and two team with a schedule that isn't brutal down the stretch. Now, the only question you have is division because the Vikings continue to win as well as three-point dogs to the Saints, which is fascinating. I'll say this and I'll kick it to you too because we're going to hear from Dan Campbell where 
his in-game management is still suspect. What I'm starting to respect is the identity. And what I mean by that is nobody goes for it more on fourth, where his first year, he was a little bit wishy-washy. He'd go for it, go for it, go for it, and then he would just, he'd kick a field goal. You're like, dude, stick to the plan. If this is going to be your MO, if you're just going to go balls to the wall, like keep doing that. And he has this year consistently been like, forget the outside noise. I'm going for it. And yesterday, he went for it five times. They converted four times on fourth down. So I like that from Campbell. And again, that 41-38, those 79 points, that's not an aberration. That's what you're going to see from the Lions moving forward them all. I would agree with you. A couple of things I want to add to it. I think he makes the prudent decision on when to go for it. When I look at Staley, the risk doesn't justify the reward. There's times, remember when you go back to the Raiders game two years ago where they went for it on fourth down, didn't wasn't necessary, I think, at about their own 20, 25 yards. Line. I feel like Campbell's decisions are not just analytics driven, but time score and situation are implied into it as well. I feel very comfortable in terms of when he does. I'm going to give you a quick prediction also. We talk about Staley potentially being removed in Los Angeles. I think that's a strong possibility. How about Ben Johnson to the Chargers? You got a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert. This is a guy you want with a great offensive mind. We've seen the turnaround with Jared Goff. I'm not taking anything away from Goff. Amon Ross St. Brown, the tight ends have been key in his success. And Jared Goff's done a great job. But you've got to give a lot of credit to Ben Johnson and the offense in terms of how they've designed the offense, with the plays that they call. I think Ben Johnson in Los Angeles could be a good fit with a quarterback like Justin Herbert. Ben Johnson has leverage and he did something. I think it's almost like cut your nose to spite your face. Don't always rush to a bad opportunity. He, he got a raise from the Lions during the he's 37 years old. He's just kind of learning as he progresses, but he got a raise from the Lions during the offseason to remain their offensive coordinator, knowing that after this year, he's going to have the pick of the litter. Amal just mentioned the Chargers. He'll have an opportunity for that job. My, our buddy Bill Zimmerman, who does everything with the Bears, the Bears want the Bears fans want Johnson badly. There's going to be teams that are going to be willing to fire their head coach to get Ben Johnson based on like some of those quotes. Hey, we expected this. They went the other way. He just calls a marvelous game and his head coach, Dan Campbell, all of a sudden now starting to settle in, starting to feel comfortable as a head coach, Dustin. And we've got the coach of the Lions talking about it. Yeah. Dan Campbell, two clips here about that fourth and two call in the fourth quarter instead of going for the field goal, leaving some time on the clock. This was his first statement on why they went for it. On that fourth and two yeah i wanted to finish with the ball and uh, so you know i trusted our guys and trust golf um you know there's um <clears throat> you know they'd already they'd had going into that situation you know if you don't there's gonna be a lot of time left you know you kick field goal um you know so i just i wanted to finish with the ball in our hands i liked where we were at offensively uh, we we're playing good golf was in a good spot and uh and i just i felt like that was the right thing to do well to each his own and some say it's a boneheaded move and some say it's not and i made the decision and uh and i stick by that decision so really good statement from Campbell on why they went for it on fourth and two. Then there were follow-up questions. Well, what if it failed? I just, I felt like it was the right move. You know, um, let's just say the, my, my mind doesn't go there, but let's just say we don't get it. You know, um, they were going to have a lot of time left anyway. They do, but I got three timeouts. So they get in field goal range or whatever, you know, and I feel like, hey, we'll, we'll bang them. And then you answer back for a tie, you know. Um, but I just felt like, hey, um, I just felt like the right thing to do was to go for it there and, and put the finish with the ball in our hands, get the first down, um, you know, drain the clock and then and let Riley go in there and hit it. We were, you know, that, that was a kick that was well within his range and, um, so that's why I did it. <laughs> when I, if I close my eyes and I just, th when I listen to Dan Campbell, if I close my eyes and think about Thanksgiving with my uncles and I just said, what's going on at, at the Ford plant? Like, that's exactly what it would sound like. And that's why the Lions fans and the state of Michigan and Detroit, that's why they've embraced him so much. Also, as an aside, there's never been a coach 
college or pro that is nearly as yoked and as large as that. <laughs> like he is legitimately one of the largest human. Do you guys notice when he's when you see him? It's not like he's flabby. He is no, 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 a no, bodybuilder. No. Oh. No, he's a human like Rabel is a miniature human compared to it, like Campbell is massive. When they have max out day for the players, I think he's up there maxing out with them competing for the PRs. I, I, yeah, no, and I don't bring it up to be cheesy. I bring it up because it's kind of like example follow where yeah. he's not overly erudite, but he does lead by example. It's like, remember the dude at Kansas or the guy at Maryland? You guys both know exactly what I'm talking Frigid. about. When I, Mangino and Fridge. Yep. Where if dudes are saying, like, dude, you got to get in shape. If he's telling you to get in shape and you look at him, he's legitimately one of the more obese humans on the planet. It kind of falls flat. When Campbell's like, dude, you got to grind. You look at him and he's just yoked. It works. So what's my excuse always, right? I don't have enough hours in the day. Dan Campbell watches film all day. He has to meet with like seven different position coaches. He has to meet with players. He has to do all these things to, to run the team. He finds time every day. But he's a naturally big human being. He was in Dallas. I covered him for three years when he was the Cowboys. He's a massive guy. Six, Huge. Five. Six five. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, you know, there's certain people you walk in. He's your all airport team guy, right? Like he's the first guy off the plane to intimidate the opposition. If you told me that guy was a Navy SEAL, I'd feel really good about things. <laughs> but again, Dan Campbell is catching a lot of shine, which he deserves. He's got a team that's seven and two right now. They just won a game 41 to 38. And we said, what? The offensive coordinator is going to be gone. Yeah. So what happens when you don't outscore the Chargers, who are a bunch of donks? Like Brandon Staley has no rights or reason to be coaching a team in the NFL. One of 32 right now. And again, you barely you walk off and you've got to score 41 to do it. And a lot of that's got to go on Johnson. We will see Dan Campbell's merit when Johnson leaves and he's got to win games that aren't necessarily shootouts like that one. I would agree with you, but I think he's a guy who's respected in the locker room. He's a guy that is just even when he played in the NFL, he was respected by teammates. But one other thing I would say is I love that decision on fourth and uh, two. Even if it fails, they pick up six yards with Sam Laporta there. A couple of reasons. They take the kneel down. They kick the field goal. Game's over. But remember, we saw something similar on the first Saturday in Dallas between Texas and OU. Oklahoma, Texas has a chance to go for it on fourth down in a similar situation. Instead of kicking the field goal, they kick it. Oklahoma responds with the time remaining on the clock. Had Texas gotten the first down, they run the clock down, kick the field goal, walk out of the state with a victory. And the Detroit Lions did exactly that. And here's the other thing I would point to in favor of Dan Campbell. Had they failed, as aggressive as the Chargers may have been, they only have three downs in that scenario. When you have a lead, you've got now four downs. That's a huge difference of having one additional play. 100%. Dan Campbell right now, your coach of the year favorite at plus 150. I like Love Loathe coming up, I'm going to tell you why he shouldn't win coach of the year. And I've got a guy way down the list that should. We'll get to that coming up. Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like... Meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings tonight, bet the Broncos and Bills, bet five bucks, get $200 in bonus bets instantly as a new customer when you sign up using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. It's pretty simple. Download the DraftKings app, use that promo code SHARP, and again, you bet five bucks, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Also, every day, all bettors over at DraftKings, a no-sweat, same-game parlay. Make sure you check it out, DraftKings. The crown is yours. Like, love, loathe. Coming up in 14 minutes, Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper. In the final hour here on Sharp Money, again, we've mentioned the Bills tonight. Kind of a big game for them as all of a sudden that division is brutal. Not necessarily their division, but just the playoff opportunities now. We can get to yes, no as far as a number on the Bills. They're laying seven and a half with the Broncos in town tonight. So we'll discuss that game coming up in just a little bit. Okay, so... I'm curious if you guys know, again, we closed last night, the Jets laying a point and 36 on the total. What did we go? Did we go to the half nine to six? Yes. Is that what it was, Amal? Yep. Okay. Do you guys know what they what this, what the halftime number was on the total? I, I'm going to say stab. 17 and a half. Dustin, you want to take a stab? 17 and a half does feel right. It's exactly what it was. It, and and you guys nailed it and you're right on the pulse because, but you know what happened? As soon as they posted 17 and a half, I was like, oh my, why is the hook there? So immediately I jumped into it and I went to bet under 17 and a half. It juice jumps up. So I said, yeah, I don't care. I'll take it. I'll take it because you knew what was happening. Yeah. It closed 17 second half stays under with 13 points scored and there never should have been 13 points scored in that second half. But that gives you an idea. Sometimes you really have to, it, regardless of your book, if you're making a second half play like that, it's time sensitive. So you have to jump in and again, understand that that number is going to move. It's going to start with the juice for the most part, and then you'll have an adjustment. Uh, but Again, 16 to 12. They were smoking on that McDaniels pack, whatever the hell that means in the locker room for the Raiders. Antonio Pierce picks up win number two, albeit against two teams from New Jersey with the Giants and Jets. But the Jets couldn't finish drives. Really, neither could the Raiders. But the Jets, and I think you guys were discussing earlier this morning, what would the Jets look like with Joshua Dobbs? Uh, Amal, you've got a theory as to why they keep on rolling out Zach Wilson. Look, if we're being very realistic, Josh Dobbs is a nice quarterback, but he's more of a bottom quarter starter in the National Football League. Probably a more you know, favorably a top tier second string quarterback with Zach Wilson. There is some talent there. It doesn't look like that's the case anymore. But if you're the Jets, you take a shot with this guy because with Dobbs, let's be real here, you're probably not beating Burrow, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC to be able to get the Super Bowl unless you've got a healthy Aaron Rodgers. And if Zach Wilson develops into the player you thought he might be, then you don't force yourself in a year or so to go get another quarterback. Or if Rodgers sticks around longer than you think, you might be able to have some trade value with Zach Wilson. And I I think now it's run its course. I think by the end of this season, because where the Jets are sitting at four and five, we won't see Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform except in an emergency role or in a backup role if he's still on the roster next year. I think the Jets want to try and exhaust every avenue possible before they made a concrete decision on him. Sometimes you can give up on a player too quickly, and I think the Jets didn't want to make that mistake with Zach Wilson. And I think now, based on what we've seen, the results are pretty alarming. The pick late to the linebacker. His name slips my mind right Spillane. now. Spillane. Robert Spillane. What? Spillane. And by the way, they kept on talking about during the broadcast that Antonio Pierce wants wants to build the team around Spillane. You're like, 
Okay, don't say that out loud anymore. And secondly, it, that should be a reason not to hire Antonio Pierce <laughs> moving forward. Spillane is very much a journeyman, a nice little player at linebacker. It's a, it, it's a completely innocuous position at this point. You don't want to be building around Spillane at linebacker. I digress. No, Sorry, that's a great line by you because I was sitting there thinking, I go, isn't this the guy with the Steelers who was like eighth on the 11 yes. starters? I'm like, yes. what are we, what's going yes. on here? Yes. Yeah. Just, just Antonio, you, you seem like a fun dude. You seem a little confused on the sideline. You probably are going to get the job because Mr. Seven Iron up there with the haircut is going to give it to you. But just just slow down on talking about Spillane being your best player. Anywho, that pick from Wilson was about as bad as it could. Like there was every reason for them to win that football game. And he telegraphed that pick. It was gross. You know, I keep saying Zach Wilson has not progressed since he was drafted. Is it possible to say he's gotten worse? No, you're not wrong. He like, has. I think he might have yes, gotten worse. I agree with that. Uh, let's hear from his head coach. What does Robert Sala think about Zach Wilson's performance last night? Again, I, th I thought he did all right. You know, there's uh, obviously a couple plays that I'm sure he wants back. Um, I thought the linebacker made an, an unbelievable play on that uh, on the interception. Um, I thought he moved around the pocket well. I thought he picked up some good yards with his legs. Um, we were converting third downs. Uh, at the, I think it was the best rate we're, we've been converting them. And uh, you know, to give a full assessment on Zach, I think I think it'd be fair for to, to ask for everyone around him to play a little bit better, but uh, especially with the, with the penalties. But overall, I thought he did. Oh, this real hear quick, me sorry. Out. Hear, hold, hold on. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not going to jock or defend Zach Wilson, but can we have a conversation about his offensive play caller, Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, God. Because I had now. OK, both of you, let's play another game. I had over reception yards, Brees Hall as a prop. He ends up with 47. He goes over the number. Do you guys want to take a stab as to what the number was set at pre-flop? Brees Hall, receiving yards, I'm going Jets. to say 19 to 21. Good um, one. Yeah. Dustin? I, I think it was like 20. Was it 24? It's 21 and a half. He got it in the fourth on one play. May I ask you a question? If you have a quarterback that is atrocious, that can't do anything, he can run. And Wilson picked up his, by the way, his rushing prop was 12 and a half. He got it on that 20 yard scamper. And then he added another one. But Amal, don't you think he'd help the quarterback out with a little, a couple of swing passes to your most dynamic outside of Wilson and Brees Hall player on offense? Like the offensive line is terrible. Swing the ball out and get it out of Wilson's hands. Completely agree with you. The other thing is if you're getting the ball to Brees Hall in those screen passes, it opens up the rest of the passing game down the field. He becomes a threat. Those linebackers are worried about him getting in space. He's so dangerous. Uh, he's got great quickness. I just don't get it. Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's going to be gone at the end of this offseason. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is going to potentially be able to save him because the decision-making, the play calling has been inept. And by the way, in life, guys, I don't think any of our parents love us as much as Robert Sala shows the love and aptitude for Zach Wilson. My God, I just want him to come on in the press conference and be Very like, guys. Very diplomatic. Oh, God, yeah. I just want him to come on and be like, guys, this guy sucks. We all see it. No, I get Credit, we can though. do. I give him credit. The one thing that's bought, so I, I don't want to play the clip. We have a clip of Zach Wilson talking about how like it's frustrating that a bunch of their big plays got called back because of penalties, and then this really bothered me. Salah also mentioned, yeah, it'd be help if there weren't penalties uh, and the guys weren't holding him back on the plays he made. The reason the plays happened was yeah, exactly. because there were penalties. You can't say that. It's an insane thing to say, well, we had some big plays, but they were called back because of penalties. Yes, penalties led to the good play happening. Outside of illegal contact, the vast majority of penalties are called are very accurate and there's holding almost on every play but if it's away from the play they let it go anyway so you, you him sitting there complaining about that is the worst thing to me Aiden O'Connell not exactly Steve Young to be <laughs> fair like what what are the Raiders doing and again Hoyer's not the answer Garoppolo's banged up but I mean O'Connell disastrous I'm sure we have Pierce talking after the win 2-0 as an interim here big guy yeah you know he was asked about how much fun he's having because it looks like he's having a good time and this was his very real answer last night yeah I had fun when I got in the locker room on that grass that was different that was stressful <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do this for 30 years I don't know how these guys do it um 
Man, it's just fun being around the guys, man. Uh, that's the reason why I got back into coaching. You know, as a former player, that's the one thing you always miss is that locker room feeling, that, that being with one another, that, that continuity, that I need to pick me up. And I need a little pick me up out there, too. You know, I don't know if I have my poker face on, but I, I try my best. But you, that's what you miss, man. The guys just fighting, doing it together. Then when you walk in that locker room and to see everybody smile and see the celebration, to see all the hard work that we've done over the past several days come to fruition. Uh, it's fun. Forever long I'm here as a Raider, as a head coach, we're going to have a blast. <laughs> he, Mark Davis is impressionable. He's going to get the job. Like, unless there's some cat. Better. You know why? Because also the fact that they moved on from Basaccia as the interim. Yes. They can look back and say, we should have kept him, even if it doesn't necessarily go well, Amal, with Pierce. I think they're going to keep him. I would agree with you. Meaning but moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You, you see what I'm saying. But I think there was a time during the game where his look, it said or suggested that the captain has said, hey, get ready to grab your oxygen mask. I mean, he looked like, oh my God, it's the Jets yeah. were matriculating down the field. But give the defense credit. They played well enough to win the game. And you said it best, Patrick. This is a standalone game. We saw the ineptitude of these offenses. I mean, the Jets put up four field goals. <laughs> In an indoor environment, guys. Did you guys bet guys. that game? What's that? Did you guys bet that game last night? I had Brees Hall props, and I'm really pissed because right before the game started, I was going to bet first score of the game, Jets field goal plus like 260. No, I said to myself, I said, I'm not ruining a good weekend by taking the Jets. I wasn't going to take the Raiders. I was going to take the Jets. The and Jets of course they were lost. the play, by the way. <laughs> Jacobs, by the way, 18 and a half attempts. He had 27. Oh, wow. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.